We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. and drops back, throws an arcing pass upfield, Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run, and races all the way to score for Los Angeles, a 72-yard touchdown play. First down, inside his own five from his own end zone, sacked in a safety on Rudolph, Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. Sees a hole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is your host, Derek C. Apollo. I'm all alone tonight. The guys are off getting the job done, getting getting the hustle of life taken care of. So it's all on me to make sure you guys have some good stuff for the Rams and Bills this weekend. But hey, 
I got some good hookups. And one of the great ones, one of the best guests we ever have, is Drew Geyer over from the Rock Pile Report. We're going to talk some Bills, some Bills Rams. We're going to make a little bit of goodness happen here tonight. Before we get there, just want to go ahead and ask you if you haven't left the if you have not add some extra stress to that if you have not left a five-star review over it at apple music please do we really appreciate it it means a lot to us helps us move up the charts also we're on twitter at talk rams i'm on twitter at dc paula our facebook page at you know look for the rams talk page and rams talk room we're everywhere but guys and gals don't forget we have ramstalk.net we got some good writers over there who have really been putting some effort to make some magic happen as well. Go check us out, man. Check us out anywhere. Okay, podcasts can be found as well. All that said, got the whole thing out there. There you go. Here's our interview with Drew Geyer and his producer, Chris Kruger. We call him the broke guy right now. He's busted his back real good. And for the Rock Popcorn, check it out. All right, folks, I'm here with Drew Geyer from the Rock Power Report and his producer, Chris. What's going on, guys? We're good. We're loving life. You are. I'm not. I have no back. Threw my, is, I threw my back out. Chris has been crippled. He's standing up all night doing our podcast. And yet, that's the love of the game right there. <laughs> I mean, looking at him right now, I'm, I don't know why. I mean, yeah, I do know why, actually. I'm reminded of that scene from Snow White where the little old lady is crunched over her cane getting the apple. That's kind of how he looks right now. It's kind of... <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could tell like, I'm a father of, of little girls by the, with that point out there, but and just say that's kind of how he looks. Or that dude from the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I just want to point that out, you know. It's a rough day for you. He thinks he has better hair, but I feel like he doesn't. Hey, my head looks like a ram's helmet. It's nice and golden yellow. Oh, boy. Oh, He's got a blonde yeah. mohawk. Well, for the so, listeners who, it's oh. not a mohawk. I I don't know if you noticed, there's no mohawk anymore. It's cut off. Well, it looks like to me, it's kind of like one of those really bad attempts at that California surf thing. You paid 40 thing. bucks for this. Come you on, paid 40 bucks for that? I could have done that for free. Yeah. For fun. I, I could have done that for you for free. I go to high-end salons because uh, I care. Derek, <laughs> my producer looks like a, he looks like a cockatiel. I'm sitting here with a pair <laughs> Why don't we talk a little bit of Rams Bills? Well, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say this. I didn't, I didn't say this on your show, but I gotta, I gotta admit, you appear to have lost some weight. Is it kind of like the next level of your alcoholism, or is it actually fitness as well? I mean, what's going on there? Now you know what it is. It's literally the antithesis of that. So during COVID, my wife was pregnant. When this whole thing started, my wife was pregnant. We gave birth in June. So at the start of March, she was full-blown pregnant, couldn't drink, couldn't do anything. And then we got stuck inside the house together for months, both of us working from home side by side. Then after work, still in the same house side by side with nowhere to go. And the thing I said was, you know what? My wife doesn't need a guy around the house who's half in the bag. Sure, that's not good for anybody. One person can drink, one person can't. That's not fair. So I stopped drinking for a while, or at least scaled it back to a reasonable perspective. And somehow over the course of that, I lost like 20 pounds. <laughs> and then you started drinking again. So by the time we talk again at some point in the future, you'll be back to the old Drew. 
Yeah, but it's football season. Yeah, for <laughs> Super Bowl, Bills and Rams. By the time the football season, by the time the Bills and Rams are playing in the Super Bowl, yes, I will have put back on about 15, 16 pounds. I, I don't know about the Super Bowl. I think the Rams, you know, have some some gaps in in their roster. I get, I think so. I want to go with you though. You, we on your show we addressed some of the gaps the Rams have. I have questions here because with the Bills at two and zero, they had a solid season last year. Your quarterback's out there just throwing it all over the place. But you beat the, the Dolphins and the Jets. I mean, uh, that's not impressive. Not by any stretch of the imagination. So, where are the Bills? I mean, what kind of team are they really? Are they as good as a 2-0 team should be? Or are they a team that is 10-6-ish? I'll say this. When you think about what it is, I mean, you're the Rams, and you guys just went up against what I would call pretty good competition in the NFC, in the Cowboys and the Eagles. You played two games, you saw what your opponents had, and you handled them. Those games, I don't think they were, either one of them were ever really in doubt. For the Buffalo Bills, they're a team that I think is... They're trying to figure out and prove what they are. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, the things from Josh Allen that he's doing, I mean, the debate we had over on our podcast this week, keyed by the national media, not even by things that are being said locally, is whether or not Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. But there's some reasons to think that his performance is sustainable. Lack of running. I mean, when it's designed, that's one thing. Like week one against the Jets, they came in with a quarterback-heavy run plan, something that I know we talked about on our show, is kind of the worst-case scenario for the Rams. The very next week against the Dolphins, Allen only ran the ball four times. And one of them, he got all of his yardage on one run. The rest of it was actually trying to escape pressure. He really stood in the pocket and tried to deal. And when he did it, resulted in the highest yardage total of his career, the highest yardage total of any Bills quarterback since Drew Bledsoe back in 2004, 417 yards. Mm. This Bills team has the bones of something. I mean, they, they don't have a track record that you can point to and say, like we have for the Rams. If I'm looking at the Rams, I say to myself, okay, we watched them run a prolific offense and run to a Super Bowl. The Bills don't have that. But what I have is a couple games where I can point to things. Like when you see Baldy's breakdowns, Bald, uh, Brian Baldinger from NFL Network breaking down Josh Allen's Sunday performance against the Dolphins, who I get it. They're the Dolphins. They're not world beaters. But when he's using his athleticism to escape pressure, but instead of running, he's keeping his eyes downfield. And for the first time in his career, throwing with perfect mechanics and delivering the ball Sometimes not even with both feet on the ground. That's a terrifying prospect for not just teams around the NFL, but also for Bills fans because we have to question, is this team actually good or did we just beat up two two teams that are also ranked? They were designed to be that way. I guess when we talk about this matchup and what the Buffalo Bills could be, Chris, you're probably the more grounded of the two of us. What do you think about what the Bills have been through two games? I mean, I've, I've 
I think that what I saw last week was that our offense has the ability to to win the game when our defense is not playing up to par. Um, I think we saw that late in the in the fourth quarter with all the throws that Allen was making. And our I just think our we're Brandon Bean has given Josh Allen everything he needs to succeed and so far this season he's showing out. And that's I guess the, the, the thing when it comes into this Rams game is that so far our defense this year for the for being two and zero against teams like the Jets and the Dolphins, who aren't impressive, they're not going to scare anybody. Our defense has not been great. If our defense finds their stride with our starting linebackers back in the lineup, and that offense clicks the way that it has been, this team might make good on some of that promise. Can they stop the Rams' offense? question and i guess the question comes down to what is the rams offense you guys are like the spartan phalanx when it comes to trying to play football i tried to do film study and we talked about it a little bit on our podcast just about how i tried to study what your tendencies were and try to figure out what keyed your offense and i couldn't because so much of it revolved around smoke mirrors there's you you have moving players pre-snap I'd say on at least two-thirds of your plays. But to your point, a lot of your biggest plays all come out of the same formation. You guys have the ability to mask pre-snap what the call is going to be. Some teams have, they tip their hand. They show whether it's, hey, if the if the tight end moves to this side, they're going to run to the, you know, they're, they're going to run to power. If you have a wide receiver in motion, they're probably trying to play action to see if a linebacker will bite. The Rams don't have any of those tells. And so I don't really know whether or not we can stop you guys. What I think we can do, and what we have from a personnel standpoint, though, is we have one of the NFL's best cover corners in Trey White, albeit in a zone system. And this is what scares me about this matchup. If you guys, based on the way you dictate your offense, force this into a man coverage sort of thing, Trey White will be okay. But Levi Wallace, our cornerback number two. I mean, we signed Josh Norman, the former All-Pro, former Pro Bowler, disciple of the Sean McDermott system. We signed him to fight for that number two cornerback job, and then he got hurt in training camp. He's on the IR, so he's not going to be available for Sunday. So we're back to our undrafted free agent cornerback number two. And last week, he took a beating, a beating in man coverage. And the other, the other thing is our, I mean, it's Tuesday. We don't know if our linebackers are playing. And I think we assume that they're going to be. Last week, they were day to day and they held them out. But they kept the same formations that they normally run them in, which makes me think they want to keep the rest of the defense used to those formations because they anticipate these linebackers being available. What I see, though, is that if you guys want to go up against a zone defense, I feel like it's, I feel like that plays to your, it almost plays to your strengths. Because guys in space running, like Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, that's a recipe for disaster for any NFL defense. I think that what we need to do is be able to play kind of a hybrid of man and zone, and I don't know that we can do it without our starting linebackers. If those guys are out, 
it's it's free reign for the Rams to just run all over us with their offense. But here's how I think they stop you if their linebackers are healthy. I think they play big nickel. They put a safety down in the box to replace that third cornerback. And they play a much tighter game to the line of scrimmage. Because if they can, I think they, I think if they can disrupt the motion you guys have and the games you guys run on short yardage throws, let's face it, you guys, eight teams alive for the last two weeks on short passes, pitch outs, things that started in short plays that went for 15, 18, 27 yards. That's what kills teams. Because the rest of your offense is just paper cuts. It's just dinking and dunking your way down the field. Little play, little play, little play, and then you hit someone with a big one. I think if our linebackers are healthy and we can play the box with authority, we have a chance at winning this game regardless of anything else. Levi Wallace scares the hell out of me, though. And if you guys can force us into man situations, that's to your credit. They will. They will. Everything you said there, everything you said, Drew, was about disrupting that those close-up lanes, which is smart, but I didn't hear anything about a pass rush here. What did they do the pass rush? I'll tell you what. When you look at the Bills' defensive line, the way they're built, there isn't a... There's not a, there's not a Jadavian Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, J.J. Watt. There's no premier pass rusher in the NFL. Hughes is getting up there in age. So is Trent Murphy. Yep. And we you know we drafted A.J. Epineza, and he was... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ep- Epineza. Oh, our second-run yeah. draft pick. Our second-round draft pick, who we took over running back uh, J.K. Dobbins, you know, out of the Ohio State, State yeah. University. He was he was inactive for week one, and then what he played last week, he played like 17, 17 snaps. 17 snaps, no statistic. Great. Wonderful. I'm glad this guy's here. When I look at this defensive line, what I see is waves. And I think the strength of it is the defensive tackle group. You've got Ed Oliver. Had, what, two sacks last week? Yeah. Two sacks last week. Vernon Butler, a guy who was taken in the first round by Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean when they were both there in Carolina, who took forever to come on. But when he did, he had six sacks. And then we signed him as a free agent. They brought him in here to be kind of a hybrid guy who can eat space but also penetrate and we saw a lot of that on Sunday. I saw a lot of Vernon Butler in the backfield. So you have multiple. And then Quentin Jefferson, who rotates in as a hybrid defensive end, defensive tackle. You have a lot of strength in the center of the defensive line. There's going to be some push. There's going to be some pass rush. If you have any concerns at center or guard in terms of pass protection, this Bill's defensive line has the ability to make life hard on you. Hopefully your quarterback can roll out. Hopefully they can adjust your offensive game plan to accommodate that. If they can't, things are going to get ugly. Our defensive ends, though, really aren't anything to write home about. Mario Addison, what, he's he's one of the higher-ranked players in uh, sacks right now yep. in the NFL. But the thing with him is he's the cleanup guy. He's the guy who wins simply because you flushed a quarterback out of the pocket with your interior pressure. And Mario Addison comes in from the blind side and mops everything up. He's not a threat, and neither are really any of our other defensive ends. If there's anything coming from our defensive line that you have to be concerned about, it's right there in the A and B gap. 
but only the A and B gap. Nothing else concerns you, really. I mean, don't know. I I have concerns as a Bills fan. I don't. Me know. too. I have a, I have a concern of your liver. <laughs> that's a completely different topic. I have a concern when it comes to our ability to get pressure off the edge because Jerry Hughes is an old man. He's durable. He's efficient, but he's not great. When you look at the other side, you have Trent Murphy who goes games where you don't see him, you don't hear his name, you don't even know he's out there. Chris, Sunday, one of those games. When did you register that Trent Murphy was a player in a Bills uniform? Oh, probably not during the entire game. That's I mean, my point. He was somebody that we talked about, you know, preseason. Could this be a, a cap casualty? We thought he was going to get cut before the start of the season, but he's here. And he's providing the same pedestrian output that he had beforehand. Our defensive end group is really weak, but our defensive tackle group is strong. And that, I think, I don't know how your team is configured. I mean, I think based on what I know about the Rams, you have a guard that's out. That could present some problems. But ultimately, the defensive ends, you guys have some latitude there. Cam Akers being out hurts there, though, for the Rams. And, and he would be a guy you'd want to try and get on the edge more. Malcolm Brown will play, but he's more of a pounder. I guess the the big focus will be on Darrell Henderson, and can they get him outside? The Rams will use receivers, too, to try and stretch those out and lock, you know, jet sweep. But I wonder, really, though, will there be more? Because if you're, if you're going to win this game... You gotta get the rush. You have to take advantage of the fact that no booms out. That David Edwards may be a little rusty, and the same for the you know. By the way, the, it's for the Rams. They they have to make some. They have some prayers. They gotta be doing for the, their linebacking core against the Bills as well. I mean, it's just not. We talk about in your show offense versus offense, and it's not an offensive versus defensive week for me in terms of matchups. I think it's offense and offense. Who controls the tempo? Who controls the game? Who establishes themselves and and which and which play caller is able to execute best? I think that does put put it solidly in the Rams' corner. Except for one thing, you guys have one factor that that is bothering me, and that's Josh Allen. Because you put Josh Allen scrambling against those Rams linebackers, and I'm thinking, oh crap, that's the next factor. That's the next. Factor. They didn't have that much against the against the Eagles, or even the Cowboys. Prescott's not going to run all that much these days. So, what can we expect from the Bills linebackers? What can we expect from the Rams linebackers against your guy, Allen? Let's go to the linebackers here. What should we expect? The Bills linebackers, Chris, am I being too favorable when I say that I think they're elite talents in the NFL? Yeah, Milano is... He's very elite for what we're paying him, and then Ed, and same thing with Ed. We don't, we're not paying a whole bunch of our linebacking core, but they're Milano, they're young and they're talented. Matt Milano is a converted safety to linebacker. He's got range, and it shows in the way that he plays the pass because, but, but he's got enough size that he can come downhill and still play the run effectively. But when he, you ask him to cover, he might be actually the key to this. Because he's a small guy, but he he covers so well in space. Week one against the Jets, Sam Darnold throws an errant pass across his body. Matt Milano runs back almost 10 yards to come up with that interception. 
He's athletic. Tremaine Edmonds, on the other hand, is a physical freak. At Vatek, in coming out of college, he was a defensive end, outside mm-hmm. linebacker, also stand-up linebacker, sometimes would cover slot receivers. It's unbelievable the athleticism that that guy has, and that's the one thing that makes me feel a little bit better. If he's healthy and he's playing, I feel better about our ability to hem in some of these option things that you run with, the games that the Rams will run with, uh, Robert Woods, with Tyler Higby, with uh, play action, and then you're looking for someone to bite on a play. He's so incredibly, he's athletic, but he's also long, he's big, his recovery speed is incredible. I think if both of our linebackers are in there and healthy, you guys are going to have a little bit of a difficult time running what you normally have run, at least through the last two weeks, against these other two defenses. Because, let's face it, the Cowboys have been trying to get away with Sean Lee. I mean, that guy, that guy's in shambles. They've been trying to get away with Leighton Van Der Esch, who was drafted, I think, before? Yeah, he was drafted right before Tremaine right Edmonds. before Tremaine Edmonds. And yet, he has yet to play a full season. And at the same time, their other linebacker, he's okay. Jalen, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he's okay. He's he's good, but he's not otherworldly. So with that said, you've played two teams with decent but not great linebackers. You're about to play two incredibly, just physically talented linebackers. They can cover space quickly. Their recovery speed is incredible. It's going to make life difficult on a lot of the side-to-side things, the lateral movement that draw offense likes to incorporate. It's mm-hmm. going to take a lot of it away. The question, I think, if it's reversed in Josh Allen playing your linebackers, what were their 40 times? Or, or, how, how are they athletically? Answer me that. Who, ours? Yeah, your linebacker. How are they athletically? They're about as athletic as me right now. Uh, well, uh, Samson Ebicom, Ebicom is is very athletic. Okay, Ebicom. and he is a guy who has shown up in some big games. He but he's also that, that ridiculous game that Monday Night Football game. Yes, you yes. guys against Chiefs. I noticed Ebicom, and I noticed him for the rest of the year after that. And yeah, and game the where they got him in the draft too. It's almost a steal, but he's also inconsistent, and you never know which version of him you're going to get. But he's dangerous. He's definitely dangerous. The other ones, you know, the Rams lost Traven Howard in the preseason. They lost him for the year. And he was a guy who was developing and emerging as a, as a potential guy in the middle there. And, you know, I think that's hurting them a bit. Michael Kaiser is supposed to be a run stopper. He was never athletic. Even when he came out in the draft, he was never athletic. Okay. Now he's in there to be that run stopper against the Bills. And if they're smart, they're going to pick at him. They, they might not like running him, running at him, but you know what? The Eagles went at him all. He had 16 tackles for a reason because they kept picking at him. It wasn't, hey, he had a great game. He had a solid game, but he's not athletic. He doesn't have the ability to track and, and cover when needed. So that leaves you with his partner there in crime. And I think right now in the middle with Kenny Young, who 
came over from Baltimore. There's a reason why Baltimore let him go. So we sent him over to the Rams. Uh, he's fast, but I'm not seeing the instincts to get him where he needs to be the entire time. I just don't like the set of the linebackers right now. And Leonard Floyd is your ex, you know, your outside linebackers are X factors. They may they may come out on Sunday and have their best game of the year. Or they may disappear. And well, and that's I think when I look at the the tackle yeah. situation for the Buffalo Bills, our guys are pretty solid. I mean, we watched our second round pick from last year, Cody Ford, lose his starting job to Daryl Williams. And I, was, I wasn't happy about it. But I've watched the early returns on it. And Chris, Josh Allen has a ton of time in the pocket. Yeah. Compared moved, to last year. They moved forward to guard. They moved forward into guard because he couldn't handle getting out and trying to mirror in space. Couldn't do it. And it made life really hard on Josh Allen. So last year, they were, he had a 50-50 snap split for the entire season with our backup left tackle. Mm-hmm. Our right tackle. This year, he lost the job completely. Now he's a guard, and we're rolling out former All-Pro Darrell Williams, who's coming off of a couple bad years of his own, but a former Carolina Panther, who that seems to be the theme in Buffalo, is let's get as many Panthers as we can on this roster. Woo! Let's do it! Get the band back together. It's like the Blues Brothers, except Southern. Like uh, like a crappier version of Molly Hatchet. <laughs> but ultimately, what... What we're left with is an offensive line that has given Josh Allen a lot of time to operate. I mean, I give them credit. They've Darrell Williams, I didn't like the idea of it, but we're watching it play out, and people aren't getting to Allen as quickly. And that hurts you guys, and here's why. You're talking about your linebackers being liable, and you're talking about your safeties are really good. If Josh Allen can get his legs going early in the game, and they start teeing off on those linebackers, your safeties are going to have to drop down into the box. And here's something we saw last week which shocked Bills fans everywhere. Deep passing was the thing that Josh Allen sucked at in 2019. It lost us multiple games. The game against Baltimore, the game against the Houston Texans in the playoffs, Josh Allen's inability to throw a deep ball. Everyone kept saying, oh, he worked on it this offseason. He worked on it this offseason. Don't worry, it's going to be good. And we all just, I think as fans, as fans of football, when you hear it coming from your coach, wide receivers, you take it as lip service. Well, on Sunday, on deep passes, balls thrown more than 15 yards downfield, Josh Allen was 12 of 14. That's 86% completion percentage with three touchdowns to three different wide receivers. If your safeties have to abandon their post in the deep quarters of the field, in the deep halves of the field, ah, this offense is built in the way Josh Allen is playing right now. They absolutely have the ability to tee off on your defense like that. You know, and, and going, going with that, too, there are other factors for the Rams. You know, they, the Cowboys tested them some. I don't. The Eagles didn't really scare the Rams, no. you know, a whole lot in the secondary. You know, they don't have any. Josh receivers. Josh Allen's arm is scary enough. And on the back of my mind, though, and I, I watched Josh Allen's run against the Dolphins, the one that's all over the highlight reels right now. 
And I keep thinking, he still hasn't learned yet. Like, dude, you keep running like that, and someone's going to take out your ACL. And if I'm you, I'm concerned about that. You know, the Rams are one of those teams that will hit you anywhere, not on purpose, but will hit you anywhere. You got teams in the AFC that will hit you. And the AFC has got some physical teams there. I wonder what is going on in Buffalo when it comes to coaching Allen on that, because I wouldn't, I do not want to see that man run the football. If well, I'm here's the what, Bills, listen, if week, I'm the Rams, I don't want to see him run either. <laughs> but week, week one, we ran the ball with Josh Allen more than our running backs. He got more carries than our running backs did, and he was more efficient. Yeah, it's odd that we did that we ran the ball that much with Josh Allen week one when we have Devin Singletary and then we just spent a third round pick on Zach Moss. Like I thought we were gonna do a running back by committee. You know, what do you do running Allen when you just drafted Zach Moss? In my head, I'm like, this is the perfect game to get your running backs up to speed. And instead they just kept giving the ball to Allen on designed quarterback runs. And that doesn't concern you? And he fumbled the ball twice. But that doesn't concern you, though. I'm, I'm talking about, hey, Carson Wentz has not been the same since that ACO went bye-bye. As yeah. I open another beer. As you open another beer. Yes. As I open up, another beer. I, here's what, is it Seagram's? Here's what I, th- <laughs> here's what I think. It's infuriating to watch them waffle from one week to the next, where sometimes they want to use Josh Allen as a human battering ram. But then I look at guys like Cam Newton, and I go, listen, Cam, Cam's the same size as Josh Allen. He has the same level of athleticism. He has the same build. They're built the same way, which makes, Chris, doesn't almost not make sense that they drafted a guy who came up through the Carolina system, who saw the pros and cons of Cam Newton. Yep. Would then go on to be a GM and draft another quarterback in the same mold of Cam Newton. Yeah. That's exactly what Allen is. He can run, he can throw. He's physical in the pocket. He's hard to take down. It's it's a big thing for Josh Allen to get into the game. I mean, he's gone on uh, pardon my take. He's gone on podcasts and talked about it before, how he sometimes likes to have, he likes that aspect of the game. He actually has gone on record and said that he needs a little bit of contact in order to get his juices flowing. He needs to take a hit early in a game just to kind of wake him up. That is concerning as hell to a Bills <laughs> But at the same time, if that's the guy Who's going to go out there and throw me 400 yards? Who yeah, but, am I to argue with? But Drew, you realize that this makes him a ticking time bomb. Sooner or later, it's happening. Oh, for sure. But what I will say is, on Sunday, you saw the run. You mm-hmm. saw the run. But what you didn't see was that he ran less than four times that whole game. He had that one run. And then he didn't leave the pocket. He stayed. He danced around. He bought time with his feet. And that's what makes him truly terrifying, even to us Bills fans. Because now guys like me, who went on record to say that I would throw myself down a flight of stairs if we drafted Josh Allen. I'm watching this guy go out there, and he's being a pocket quarterback. He's a, it's almost like he's learned how to translate his athleticism to standing behind the line of scrimmage and dealing. 
And that's scary for everybody because our tight ends, they're not the recipients. Our running backs, they're not the recipients. He's using the wide receiver group. Every wide receiver on our team, except for our punt returner and our slot receiver, has a touchdown. And the slot receiver could have had one if he was just a little bit heavier. He caught one at the one-yard line and just got big boyed. <laughs> by somebody outweighed him by 20 pounds. So, I, I mean, we could probably keep talking this all night. And it's getting late, and quite frankly, I'm tired. So, that said... Do you have any kind of prediction you want to make for this game? Like, what's your what's your call? My call is we had this. we had the same prediction that we did on our show, yep. which is Bills squeak this out by three points with a Tyler Bass welcome to the NFL game winning kick. We've got a young kicker who had some issues. Yeah, he had some his- issues. Well, week, week one, week one rebounded nicely. He's responded well ever since. I'm looking at a guy at quarterback who has gotten every wide receiver involved in the passing. That's not who we thought Josh Allen was going to be, and I'm sure that's not who our opponents thought Josh Allen was going to be. Now he's dealing. He's putting on performances. Chris, I can't. I feel stupid saying this. When you watched Aaron Rodgers do his business, when you watch Brett Favre go to work, these were guys who found a way to make every single weapon they had at their disposal work for them. Mm-hmm. We've watched that through two weeks with Josh Allen. When he goes up against your team, you're going to be facing a quarterback who's highly motivated because he feels like he's been slighted. He's a guy who has the arm talent, I'd say, commensurate with a Patrick Mahomes. His accuracy, you can question that. If you're going to question anything about the man, question his accuracy. But I think he almost answered some of those questions this weekend. Chris almost jumped out of his chair watching Josh Allen multiple times this weekend drop passes into a bucket. Yeah, that's when I did have a back and I could physically jump out of chairs. He did drop some dimes <laughs> to Brown, to Beasley, to right. Diggs. Yeah. And then yeah. he's a big physical guy who stands behind. I think he's going to ride this team to victory. I, I just, I, you can't watch a guy like that play and not think that even against the stiffest competition, he finds a way to put you in a position to kick a game winning field goal. So on our end here, I'm, there's a fact we haven't talked about. This is the Rams' second straight trip east. And if I'm honest with you, we thought during the training camp, period of the year that this team could be 0-3 after week 3. Wow. I mean, think about it. A little fake. Well, major roster turnover. Major coaching staff turnover. True. You got new players being installed at linebacker at uh, in the offensive line. I mean, you've let Corey Littleton go. You let Dante Fowler go. I mean, these are Brandon Cooks is gone. I mean, this is a team that has had a major roster turnover, and they common sense dictate they need time to gel. We had them going nine and seven for the year, but they could start zero and three. And um, so them being two and zero right now kind of caught us off guard a little bit. Yeah, but two road trips east, a one o'clock game in Buffalo. It's early. It's early, against, for you, early for these left coasters, you know, and they were and they were looking a little 
a little tired of the NFL again. You know what? They're I mean they're due for probably a little bit of a comeback. And, and you know the Bills are a good team. They, they're a very good team. It's a tough game for them, and the matches are favorable for the Rams in a lot of places. So I I'm calling right now. Buffalo does win by three. I'm calling. So I don't. You know it'll be a good one. It'll be fun. With that said, I have one more thing to send you guys. We'll keep the we'll keep the content of that. You know a little quiet. But I want to thank you for coming on. Can you let us know where people can find you? On social media. Uh, yeah, we are on uh, Twitter at Rockpile Report. Drew mostly hands m- most of the tweeting. Uh, we are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can go to bluewirepods.com to check out all the podcasts that are on our network. But if you want to download our show specifically, we're on all the podcatchers your Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Rockpile Report. All right. All right, guys, Drew, Chris, hope you feel better. I, that little message I sent you is hopefully one of your next dates, if the girlfriend doesn't work out for you, is, is there for you. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it. Take it easy, man. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon, bro. So you're probably wondering why I picked against the Rams. I gave a little bit of an explanation there. It's just about the matchups, and it's about the luck of the draw. Week three, they've had two, I would say, big wins. One pretty emotional on Sunday night. Then they go across the, the country to Philadelphia. And they go back across the country again to Buffalo. You know, it's just one of those things where they're probably looking, to me, a little bit tired at the end of the, of the game against the Eagles. And, you know, nah, man, I, I don't want to be the guy to say they're going to lose. And I'm hoping I'm wrong. But those are factors. Losing Joe Nopum, we were starting guard there. I mean, I know some people are kind of down on him, but there's a reason why he won the starting job, period. There's a reason why. And then Cam Akers being hurt. So you're short in some of these key areas that you want to get these guys reps. They're playing against a Buffalo Bills team that's also 2-0. They got their own talent. Josh Allen's been on fire. But that's not my big concern. My big concern in the end is going to be what Buffalo can do against our linebackers and what we can do against their linebackers. Our offense and their offense, what they can do against the defenses. And the Bills' offense, I think, will be able to move the ball against this Rams' defense. I, they, they will. They have options. I'm concerned with the running quarterback aspect of it with Josh Allen. I'm also concerned about what the Rams can do against the more talented Bills' linebacking court if they're healthy. If they're not healthy, it's a different ballgame. But if they're healthy... They got to be able to do something with that speed they have going sideline to sideline. And I'm not sure that the Rams have, you know, the horses right now in terms of where the Bills' strengths are. We'll see. The big X factor there, Sean McVay. This play calling has been outstanding the first two games. They have kept teams off balance. He's on fire. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't want to say this because I don't want to jinx it, but the way he's creating balance in these games is, is very reminiscent of 2017, 2018, but even better. I think his play calling is even more intelligent now than it was before. So hats off to him, and that's why it's hard to call this game. The Rams, I think, are doing a great job offensive, offensive play calling, and I think that in the end that could be what takes it. But still, you know, I'm flipping here, flipping back and forth. The Bills, that defense in terms of the linebackers, their strengths, Offensively, they have some strengths there. I know people don't want to talk about it. I guess we're going to see. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a close game. And 
I wouldn't be shocked if I was wrong. I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams lose game three, no. And I would be freaking thrilled. Heck, I'm thrilled. They're gonna be, they at the very worst, the Rams out of this opening gauntlet are going to be two and one. Seriously, who wouldn't be thrilled with that? We thought there was a chance they could be zero oh and three. Now they might be two and one, three and zero. Oh. We'll take it. We'll be thrilled. Come home against the Giants next weekend. That'd be you know. And knock on wood, fingers crossed. Say your rosaries. Or just get on your knees for those of you, you know, those of you who are the more evangelical type. Say your prayers. Those who aren't the praying type, I don't know what you got to do. Hell, hold a seance. Whatever it is, make it happen because we need this team healthy next week. All right? It's time to go. Before we do, please don't forget to subscribe. Also, we're looking for sponsors for this season. We need a little, we need a little bit of love here. Okay? So if you're interested in being a sponsor on the show, being a, having us read out for you, Email us at ramstop1945 gmail.com or you can call us at 657-666-5453. Leave a message. We'll get right back to you. We have a media guy available to you and all that stuff. Okay? Have a great one. Here's who a Rams win on Sunday. We're out of here. can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.